Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So today's episode 176 of the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast entitled Old Dogs, New Tricks, and New Year's Resolutions. There's a common adage out there and proverb that says you can't teach an old dog new tricks. We've all heard this saying and I think that we generally think it's true because if you've ever owned a pet, especially one that's advanced in years, you know, you know, there's this tendency of them to be kind of lethargic and to kind of just, you know, sit around and not do too much. And they don't seem to be interested uh, in learning to do new things. And, well, we can kind of be that way, too. But I got to say, this old saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I think this is a bad saying because, in fact, you can teach an old dog, new tricks. And I, I think it's unfortunate that we even use this saying and that even we quote it as if it's somehow gospel or something. Because in doing so, we kind of use this adage to impose limitations on ourselves, to maintain the status quo, to feel comfortable with our mediocre state, and to ultimately limit ourselves and hold ourselves back. It's an excuse we use to give up without even trying. And it's kind of sad because at the end of the day, you can teach an old dog new tricks. So we shouldn't limit ourselves in thinking there's nothing new I can do with my life. And I'm just going to be the same way that I've always been. And I'm just going to do things the way that I've always done them. And, And if I'm faced with some sort of challenge that threatens that status quo, well, I'm just going to lay over and play dead. (laughs) And it's sad though, I I laugh, but it's sad because I I do remember this one gentleman that I knew once upon a time who was in his late 50s uh, and his company went under that he was working at. He was a factory worker um, and he had the opportunity to go back to school and to learn something new. But instead of taking advantage of the going back to school and learning something new and being paid for by the government in order to do so, I heard him literally quote from his mouth the idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so he just resigned himself to fate um, and to not looking for a new job and just accepting that he had nothing that he could offer the world. Um, And because that mentality crept into his mind, because this adage was some sort of true thing to him and he just went ahead and resigned himself to not doing anything new with his life Uh, and he had a couple odd jobs after that point in time in his life but he eventually got to the point where he just did a couple little odd jobs to stretch things out take unemployment as often as possible uh, and just hang around until he could claim social security and I feel for the guy Because he was, you know, at many levels he was a smart man. He wasn't well educated, but he was intelligent. 
Uh, and, and that just broke my heart for him that he just kind of took this subhuman view of himself. He looked at himself as if he were a dog. And because of this notion that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, he just decided to accept that for his life. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying he's not still a good guy, but uh, I sit there and think what kind of, you know, things did he leave on the table? What sort of potential did he still have within him to do something great, to, to learn a new skill, to learn a new job, to become gainfully employed, uh, to be a better provider as a, as a husband and a father? Um, and, uh, you know, how did he shoot himself in the foot? How did he take himself out to pasture by simply... Quoting this thing. And when it comes to the new year being just around the corner and people starting to make sort of all sorts of New Year's resolutions, you know, we might sit there and think about how we might uh, implement some changes and new tricks into our own lives. Um, but before we get into the New Year's resolution stuff, I just want to point out that if you go to the jimmystable.com episode notes for episode 176, that I have linked to two different articles uh, near the top of the show notes um, that confirm scientifically that, yes, you can teach an old dog new tricks. And I think it's worth pointing out that this is scientifically based, and it's something that a lot of people have experienced doing. Um, so the, the entire idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, you know, I'm just going to say it. Because it's a proverb we teach ourselves, but it's a bad proverb and it's a lie. It's a lie that I think probably originates, you know, ultimately in hell. I mean, if the devil is the father of all lies, uh, and I don't know what your theology may be in this life, um, and, and what you might believe about God and the devil and all that sort of stuff, uh, but without getting too theological in today's podcast, although I am an evangelical Christian and I do believe in the devil. Uh, as being a being that exists, but, um, you know, it's amazing the lies that we propagate and tell ourselves, and the things that we use to ultimately kill ourselves, and this, uh, this idea that you can't teach an old dog new trick, you know, it's just bad junk science at the end of the day, and it's, it's a lie, and it's just not true. So I think we would do well to learn, the, in fact, that you can teach an old dog new tricks, that we would do well to never repeat the saying, and that we would do well to challenge the people that we hear saying those things so that they might not limit themselves and that they might not rob their lives of the potential of what might have been simply because they cited this old bad proverb um, that ultimately limits their ability to move forward into a better and healthier life. Um, but, you know, if you were to read these articles that I, that I uh, linked to in the show notes on how to train an old dog to do new tricks, I, I kind of took some suggestions from these, um, these articles and have incorporated them into today's podcast. So you can read them for yourselves if you want, uh, but I'll go ahead and save you a little bit of the headache. So you might ask, how do I teach an old dog new tricks? And, you know, and reading these sort of comments on, on how you might do that and these suggestions on how you might do that, you might find that these ideas kind of bleed over into sitting there thinking, well, you know, 
teaching old dog new tricks works for dogs. And, you know, frankly, this sounds like something that could be incorporated into my own life. It's something that I could do for myself. It's something that just might work for human beings, too. <laughs> and I'm no doggy psychologist, uh, and I don't, I don't have Dr. Doolittle abilities, and I'm not a human psychologist either. Uh, but I think these basic ideas about how to train a dog to new, do new tricks is perfectly applicable to us as well. Um, so if you want to move into a new year and to build a new you, you know, take some of these dog training tips and apply them to, to yourself uh, and uh, incorporate them into whatever you're doing right now. So these articles suggest the following for if you want to teach an old dog new tricks, this is how you need to do it. Uh, first, you need to make sure that the dog is absolutely focused. And I would say if you're incorporating into some new routines and things like that in your life, um, some new resolutions and, and something along those lines, you know, you're going to have to be laser focused too. Uh, you're ultimately going to have to dig down into what your values are, what you believe, uh, what you believe and what sort of actions that you can take. And you're going to need to, to write these things down and you're going to need to make actionable plans for yourself. Um, and you're ultimately need, going to be just have your eyes on the prize at the end of the day. So with your dog, you need to make sure they're focused. Well, you're going to need to make sure that you are focused too. Uh, likewise, you need to be patient with your dog. You know, learning to do something new um, or taking some new steps in your life is never an easy thing. So cut yourself some slack just the way you would your dog. Um, give yourself some grace. Be patient. Realize that you're going to fail. And you're going to probably fail spectacularly bad at times. Um, but be patient with yourself. Just keep trying. And just commit yourself ultimately to the process. Next, you need to pay attention to the dog's body language for signs of exhaustion. Well, guess what? You need to do that with yourself too. Um, I, I think one thing that we have as a problem as Americans especially, um, but human beings as general is is that we love to be busy and we love to do, 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 and do things, you know, and we need to, we love to throw ourselves at things until we just fall apart and then become just this giant wreck. But I think um, one thing that you really need to do, as you would do with your dog, is you need to pay attention to yourself. You need to pay attention to your body. You need to be, pay attention to your mental health. You need to say, hey, is this killing me? And if so, like maybe find some time to take a rest and some time to relax. Um, going back to the gym this past year, like I have been, um, that's something that I've been doing, um, as well as learning to play hockey all over again after 20 years of being away from the game. You know, when you're trying to do these things at 40 years old, when you're trying to lift weights and you're trying to play hockey, listening to your body... <laughs> Listening to your body is absolutely important because while you may need to work through some stiffness and do a little stretching and work through just a little bit of pain, you need to really listen to your body to make sure that your body's not telling you to say, hey, this hurts for a reason and the reason isn't good. So you need to take some time, relax, you need to heal, 
allow your ligaments to rest, you know, get some ice on this, give yourself some Epstein or some Epsom salt back uh, baths and, and things of that nature. You know, pay attention to your body. Listen for the hurts and the pains and things that show that you're suffering fatigue and allow yourself just to relax. Um, I will say that uh, this the past two weeks, um, I, I allowed myself to, to do that because two weeks ago, I was working out and I also played hockey two times in one week, which, you know, being newly back to the game was pretty physically demanding. And I realized after the, the first practice that my left ankle was bothering me a little bit, um, but I just thought it needed a little bit of rest. And so I didn't think anything about it. But the next, the following day, I went back out on the ice I, and and after the Saturday game uh, that I played, it really hurt. And so I sat there and thought, you know, it's not broken. I know it's not broken, but my body's telling me, gosh, Jimmy, this hurts. You need to give it a rest. So this past week with Christmas and everything happening, I just decided to do exactly that, to give myself a rest, to not do any exercise for a week, just to allow my body to heal, to take some time for me, take some time to enjoy the holiday. Um, and I did that. So as you would do it with a dog, you know, do it with yourself as well. Um, next, the, the, it talks about making training sessions short. And I will say this has been very important for me in my own life um, when it's come to weightlifting and being back out on the ice. Um, especially I've been making my training sessions short. I've been paying attention to my body and I've been trying to sit there and think, you know, I need to pace myself. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to challenge myself each time, and I'm going to challenge myself to do more and more each time so I can build up the muscular endurance that I need in order to lift weights and to, to play hockey again. But as you would keep your training sessions short with your dog, you know, keep it with yourself as well. Uh, whatever you're doing, especially if you're doing something new, uh, don't just go out there and go 110% and... Uh, you know, or any sort of that sort of thing, you know. And as Dr. Leo Marvin said uh, in the great Bill Murray classic, um, what about Bob? <laughs> you know, don't be afraid to take some baby steps. You got to walk before you can run. And so don't be afraid to take some steps um, that are short, uh, but that allow you some time to, to slowly improve upon yourself. Next, use a lot of positive reinforcement to reward desired behaviors. You give your dog a treat, well, treat yourself. Uh, you know, treat yourself in some way. Um, do something positive for yourself. That doesn't mean if you're like on a diet, that means you suddenly have permission to spend a day eating nothing but pizza. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean you don't give yourself, you know, something a little bit more flavorful than what you're normally eating. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't allow yourself to occasionally have a good time um, or something along those lines. Reward yourself. You know, we need positive reinforcement in our lives. We need other people to praise us. Um, so if you can find a group of people with whatever you're doing, whether it's at church, at the gym, at the job, whatever it is you're doing, you know, find somebody that, you know, can cheerlead you along with you. Um, and ultimately help reinforce that positive behavior for the changes you're making in your life. Um, next, whatever you do, make your training as simple as possible. 
Uh, don't try to go out there if you're a new goalie playing hockey and trying to do splits on day one. <laughs> uh, make it your goal. If, you're, if you've not played hockey in 20 years, make it your goal to get out there and just survive the first day. You're not going to be out there Wayne Gretzky uh, style and scoring two or three goals a game or any sort of stuff like that. Get out there and just say, man, I got dressed up. I put my gear on. I got out there and skated with my friends. And then I got off the ice as soon as it was over. Or maybe even before it was over. Uh, make your training simple as possible at the end of the day, just as you would with your dog. You wouldn't try to get your dog to do some advanced FBI drug sniffing sort of things on the first day. No, you'd probably just, you know, focus on the basics like teaching your dog to heal, teaching your dog to come, teaching your dog to fetch. So whatever you're doing, look to, to master the basics and keep things as simple as possible. And as you master the basics, then you can add the advanced stuff. Uh, but whoever you are, just because a dog is out there sniffing for drugs doesn't mean you should be. <laughs> I, I thought I'd toss that out there for free. Um, and uh, next, make a commitment to follow through with your training and to be consistent with your training as much as possible. So, you know, with a dog, you would need regular training in order to teach a dog new tricks, um, even especially for an old one, you couldn't just go out there one or two times and expect your dog to know all these things. Um, so at the end of the day, if you're going to make changes in your life, you're going to have to make a commitment to follow through. And I will say, like, especially lifting weights uh, the past couple months, you know, I, I've started noticing some physiological changes in my body even after just four months of doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... It's not because I'm doing some sort of advanced crazy stuff or going out there and lifting a thousand pounds above my head or anything like that. Rather, the results that I'm starting to see, the, the gains that I'm starting to see, ultimately come as a result of my commitment to a following through and the process itself. It's the day-to-day -day changes, it's the day-to-day -day commitment that I'm making that's ultimately allowing me to progress and what I'm doing. So those are some basic things about how we might, um, you know, teach an old dog new tricks, not only when it comes to Fido, but ourselves. But with all that said, and some of the things that you might be able to incorporate in, into your life regarding uh, doggy psychology and human psychology and, and New Year's resolutions um, with that sort of stuff. Let me say right up front, at the end of the day, I'm not a big fan of making New Year's resolutions for the upcoming year. Uh, as, a, as a friend of mine uh, told me in preparation for this podcast, I was discussing with him the idea, and Paul said, you know, just because the calendar uh, date has changed doesn't mean you can too. <laughs> you know, it's just because it's a new day doesn't mean uh, in a new year all happening at the same time that there's somehow magical powers attributed to that day. Um, because I, I think instead uh, a healthier idea with, with New Year's resolutions um, is the ultimate recognition that 
you know, willpower at the end of the day is simply not enough. And as I talked about in episode 132 of this podcast, which you can listen to at jimmystable.com, um, you know, 80% of New Year's resolutions will fail by February. And that's because I believe in my heart, and it seems to be the case from what I've seen in some of the uh, articles that I've read in the topic, that, you know, changes in our lives are seldom built on anything uh, consisting of just the will to make it happen. Don't get me wrong, willpower and grit and determination can be important factors in, in actually accomplishing your goals in your life. Um, but, you know, you're not going to transform your life based off of grit and determination alone. Rather, real transformation comes in our lives because we've learned to value new things. We've learned to examine and see the world in a different place. And as a result of those things bleeding out of our heart and into our mind, it's only once those things have gripped our heart and gripped our mind that we might see the corresponding actions. So what sort of life do you want to build for yourself? Well, whatever it is, I don't believe that you can move forward without knowing first where you've come from. And as we approach um, this year, instead of focusing on New Year's resolutions and the changes we need to make in our lives as a result of those resolutions, I think instead we need to use this time of year as a time for self-reflection and ultimately taking inventory on our life. Um, So I like to use this time of year at New Year's not to make any sort of resolutions because I don't want to be amongst those who by the end of you know, by, the, by February, who have failed the resolutions and by, you know, shortly after that have, you know, completely abandoned them. Um, rather, I want to examine my life. I want to sit there and think, what do I value? And how do my actions and ultimately end up reflecting those values? Are my, my actions and values ultimately in alignment? What have I done over this past year? What are the good things I have accomplished? And if you're going to ask yourself also, what good things have I accomplished? You need also be afer- not afraid to ask yourself the hard question of, what things have I failed at? Um, and I think if you're going to make an inventory of these sort of things, I think it's a good exercise that you go ahead and actually write these things down. Um, and maybe even talk to somebody about it, like, you know, a psychiatrist. Um, or a friend, or you know, a pastor, or something of those lines. Somebody you know, somebody you can trust, somebody that you can get input from. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you just need to sit there and be real with yourself, and sit there and, and have hard discussions with yourself, and maybe somebody that cares for you, um, somebody that can help you examine those things in your life, and maybe somebody who can even bring up a thing or two and say, hey, I know a place where you hit a home run, or hey, I know a place where you really dropped the ball. Because um, I think if you're going to do that, only, the, only, only once you commit to doing that, rather, will you begin to see real changes in your life. Um, so let's ask ourselves, you know, what do you value in your heart? Let's ask how you can better improve to get our actions in, in, in line with what we value. Um, and ultimately, uh, how can I help myself um, when it comes to making sure everything is 
ultimately in alignment and that I'm having the desired outcomes that I want for my life. Uh, so, you know, encouraging you to make this little mental exercise, I thought it would be fun to do this little mental exercise with you, my listener, listening to me. Um, I, I want to go ahead and I went ahead and wrote these things down in my show notes. Um, but I also just want to discuss them openly here for you so that, uh, you know, I can show you how to do what I'm doing. Um, and then you can go do it for yourself. So let's go ahead and engage in this little exercise um, for ourselves. Um, and I'll do that for by just using myself as an example. So... Personally speaking, this past year has been a tremendous one for me, and I certainly accomplished a lot. I turned 40 years old, I finalized my divorce, and have finally healed from the season of grief that I went through during that divorce. I went on some dates, and while I didn't end up in a relationship with anyone, I can honestly say that I tried uh, to do to get involved in a relationship, not just to be involved in a relationship, mind you, but because I actually found, you know, somebody that I was actually interested in, um, and I opened up my heart to them about that. Although I will say, I got shot down. <laughs> uh, but I tried, right? I I I, I tried. Um, I end up moving again this past year. So for the second time since my divorce, I. I moved. Um, I completed a four-year rotation in my church's high school youth ministry. I partnered with a friend to start a men's small group at my church. I got a passport, never had a passport before. And I went on a cruise to the Bahamas. I'd never been on a cruise. I'd never been to the Bahamas. Uh, so that was definitely pretty cool. And met some friends along the way. Um, and I continued to grow in my friendships, not only with new friendships, but friendships that perhaps I had allowed to wither a little bit in my life. You know, I strengthened those, those friendships. I've spoken before about uh, joining a gym and starting to lift weights. Um, and I've been going for f over four months now, um, which is more than any time at any point in my life before. So... You know, let me pat myself on the back with that one. Um, and after 22 years away from the sport that I loved playing growing up, I started playing ice hockey again, which has been pretty wild. <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, lots of lots of sore, stiff, hurt parts on some days. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been wild. It's been fun uh, to, to play hockey again. I've enjoyed it immensely. But with all that I have accomplished so far, I got to also say for this past year, I had some failures. As I mentioned in my accomplishments, I got a divorce. This is both an accomplishment, but let's be real. It's also a failure. My marriage ended. And that's not a good thing. And while, you know, I didn't really have any choice in the matter, um as to whether or not to get uh, a divorce. It was ultimately something that had to be done. Um, you know, at the end of the day, my marriage failed. And I've talked about that a lot. I'm not going to sit there and linger too much uh, about that. But it is something I have to own. I have a failed marriage under my belt. 
Um, and even though it was a great accomplishment for me to get that divorce, um, you know, it definitely wasn't easy. And I'm glad that I did it. Um, and, you know, even though I, at the same time, I hate that it happened. Um, for everything that it might be a positive in my life, it is ultimately something I recognize as a failure. Um, it's something I have to own. Um, and it's something I have to be aware of going forward. Um, I also have to say that, uh, you know, based off this past year, I uh, was not as responsible as I could have been, especially when it comes to financial things, uh, especially when it comes to financial things associated with my divorce and building a new life. I'm not going to lie. I had some some fun uh, building my new life. Um, like I said, I went on a cruise and that cruise wasn't cheap. Uh, I bought a new used car, and that new used car wasn't cheap. Um, and uh, I, I engaged in a little retail therapy, and I, I went out to lunch and dinner probably more times than I should have. Uh, I went to some hockey games. I bought some merchandise. Um, you know, I had a little fun throwing some money around. And, you know, in retrospect, I'm glad that I did. I think that it was uh, instrumental to my healing. But at the same time, if I were to look at it from a dollars and cents standpoint and a, a what do I value regarding um, the stewardship of financial resources and the wise use of money in my life, I got to say that even though there was some wisdom in what I chose to do, it didn't really you know, do much in the way of saving this past year. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure if I were to actually look at the numbers, I'd probably find out that I, you know, well, I don't have to look at the numbers. I know that I lost money this year. Um, and while I'm okay with that, I need to recognize that uh, that's not something I want to repeat going forward. And it's something I want to treat as just a one-time event in my life. And that being associated with my divorce and my divorce alone. Um, I also tried earlier this year to buy a house um, and failed to do so, which is why I had to move again and still in rent renting. And don't get me wrong, the uh, failing to buy a house had nothing to do with any sort of financial irresponsibility on my part. I, I still can easily afford to buy a house for what I was attempting to buy and I was approved. Uh, like I've talked about before, I am a mortgage underwriter for a living, so I know what it takes to get qualified for a home and a loan and, and that I was easily able to afford the payments of the house that I tried to make an offer on. Um, but ultimately, I got out bed and some technicalities associated with my divorce that I didn't re recognize um, at the time um, ultimately prevented me from buying a house. Um, although, you know, I'm hoping with the changes in the economy <laughs> uh, that I might be able to, you know, do so if they change my favor for the coming year. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm still renting and I don't want to, at the end of the day, I don't, you know, I, I firmly believe in home ownership and I believe that home ownership is almost always better than renting, um, on numerous different levels and for numerous different reasons. Um, so I'm hoping next year that I'm still not renting. Um, and it really stings me, especially as somebody who is a mortgage underwriter, um, that uh, I'm not currently living in a house that I own. That kind of makes me feel bad about myself, um, especially 
with all that I know about mortgage-related stuff. So, um, and uh, let's see. So moving on. Another set of failures is at the start of the year before I started working out, I had lost some weight simply through dieting. Um, but I regained all of that over the summer because my life got kind of messed up uh, when I had to move again. I was, prior to moving, I was, you know, working on becoming leaner. Um, but then I suddenly got noticed that I had to move the summer and the moving process and the joys of starting all over again uh, just really took me off my diet and I was, you know, and eating healthy. And so I regained all the weight that I lost and probably gained a few more pounds on top of it. Uh, so that kind of stinks. And, um, you know, another thing that I failed at this year, I went on some dates with some women that I met online, like I talked about on a prior podcast. Um, but I will say, I failed to go on a date with someone that I met the old-fashioned way. All my dating this past year has been exclusively off the internet. Um, and I know that's probably more common than not. But part of me, you know, feels like to some degree, it's like, man, have I failed in some regard? Like as a human being, you know, how is it that I've not met somebody the old-fashioned way? What is it about meeting the old-fashioned way that is so hard in a way that it used to not be? Um, so I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, some other failures that I have to note for myself this year that while I did read several books this past year and several really good books that I really enjoyed, I will say I didn't read nearly as much as I should have. Frankly, I, I made too much time for watching TV in, in my life. Um, way too many Netflix binges that I decided to uh, engage in. And maybe some of that might have been associated with you know, issues with my divorce uh, and just not, you know always feeling mentally up to doing something overly stimulating and sometimes just wanting to veg. Um, but I, you know, that's something I definitely want to change this, this coming year. Um, another failure is, uh, for this past year is I didn't get a promotion or a raise. Um, although, you know, as bad as that sounds, um, you know, at least for me, uh, and the personal ambitions that I have in, in my career, Given the current nature of the environment of my industry, of the mortgage industry right now, frankly, I'm lucky to still have a job. Um, I, sat, I saw countless people, not only at my own company, but other companies as well, lose their job um, just simply due to the issues associated with the, the real estate market. Mortgage companies don't need as many mortgage underwriters anymore or loan processors or or, you know, salespeople, and they can't afford to keep them. So they've let a lot of people at a lot of mortgage companies and banks go this this past summer. Um, it's been a huge slaughtering house. So um, while I didn't get a promotion or a raise, like I said, uh, I'm just thankful to have a job. So, conclusions. Well, that was, that was a fun little exercise, I think. Um, I hope you didn't mind listening to me rant about my accomplishments and my failures, those may or may not mean anything to you. Um, but I hope that it's something that I can at least have encouraged you to engage in, um, you know, at this time of year. 
to sit there and make a list of accomplishments, to make a list of failures, and to ultimately take inventory and stock of your life um, and ultimately identify some areas that you could better grow in um, to not only better accomplish what you're already doing well at, um, but even just to, you know, uh, and maybe that's something that you can do even better, um, but to just be honest with yourself, to level with yourself about your failures. Don't hide those things from yourself. Write it all down. Talk it all out with somebody. Um, and why not do this? We already do this um, at most of the places that we work. Most of the places that we work usually have some sort of annual review that involves writing down your accomplishments and your failures for the year um, and going over them and seeing what you can uh, celebrate and seeing what you can improve. And so if you do this for work, you know, why not do it for your life? I, I think that makes a lot of sense at the end of the day because it's, it's actually how we as human beings function. Um, we don't function too well with the rah, 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 I'm going to change my life. I'm just going to exercise and I'm going to go make a million dollars and I'm going to go be a better me. Um, we may accomplish those things, but they ultimately happen as a result, I believe, of us taking inventory of our failures, our accomplishments, and ultimately our values. So if we do that at work, you know, and we see how our actions at work align with the company values and mission statements and making tweaks in our performance at work based off those things, you know, like I said, why not do these sort of things in our own life? Now that I've written down my accomplishments of, and failures, I simply need to ask of each of these, is this something that I can do more or less of? Is this something I can better improve? Is this something I can use for momentum and to build upon it? Or was this thing that I accomplished a one-and-done event? Um, and if it is a one-and-done event, um, like I'm hoping my divorce <laughs> will be, um, you know, what can I take away from that event and carry with me into the future? What, what lessons can I learn from that? Um, or is there just something about that event, whatever it was, an accomplishment or a failure or maybe a little of both? You know, is there something with that event that I can just ultimately shake the dust off my feet from and move on? And if so, how? Ultimately, at the end of the day, I need to recognize with me that I have a lot of room to grow. And I don't think I can recognize that unless I truly write it down and to engage in this sort of exercise to see how my actions ultimately align um, with what I wanted to accomplish uh, for this past year and, and my values and what I'm doing and the direction that I'm going in my life. Um, so I think we need to do those things. And if I want to further advance in my life, I need to ultimately recognize that, you know, to begin with, that it is possible for this old dog to still learn some new tricks, but that I'm going to have to incorporate a little psychology into my life in order to make those things possible, that I'm going to have to take inventory of my life, and that I'm going to have to take um, stock of what's going on, and only from there can I begin to make the concrete plans that I need to, in order to tweak with tweak whatever direction that I'm ultimately going in my life. Um, and that while I do those things, I'm going to need to make sure that I listen to my body, pay attention to signs of exhaustion, 
Um, use some positive re reinforcement. Make little baby steps in life. Uh, make things as simple as possible on myself. Cut myself some slack. Cut myself some grace. And ultimately commit myself to the process and to be consistent with what I do. Um, and to recognize that, that all of this that I'm trying to accomplish in my life and what I want to do for the new year based off things that have, uh, I've succeeded at and based off things that I've failed at, that I'm not going to be able to do that simply through willpower and making some sort of New Year's resolution. Whether it will come through the small, actionable things that I take to accomplish my goals one step at a time based off what I value in my heart, based off what I believe God wants for me in my life, um, and based off the things that just ultimately light a fire in me at the end of the day. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, episode 176, Old Dogs and New Tricks and New Year's Resolutions. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, and let me know some of the resolutions that you're uh, trying to keep and how you're going to decide not to keep those resolutions and you're going to instead take inventory on your life and make actionable changes in your life based off the evaluation of what you've accomplished in the past and what direction that's already taken you to the future. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it your glowing five-star review uh, on places like Apple and Spotify and Amazon. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet to subscribe, go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and find your favorite way to subscribe. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and that you're going to have a wonderful New Year. And that you come back to listen to the jimmystable.com podcast where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all. <laughs>